The Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hello, guys. Thanks for tuning in to KLBJ today. This is Cheryl McLaughlin. And you're listening to The Austin Gardener. And uh, just want to take a minute to say, if you have a project in mind, go to kevinwoodlandscapes.com and contact, um, there's a contact page on there. And start planning your fall projects. I mean, this, hopefully, (laughs) this is going to last forever, although right now it sure feels like it's going to, oh my God. I don't know how much more of this I can take, but uh, you feel the same way, I know. But uh, but you do need to start planning because the temperatures will go down. Hopefully, we'll get some rain, and this is a, a just really necessary sort of a heads up to anybody with any good landscape company that you need to give them time to plan it out, um, do you know, do all the bidding, the revisions, what have you. Um, but Kevin Wood Landscape specializes in all kinds of construction, but also using native Texas plants, well-adapted plants, irrigation, lighting, waterfalls, patios, you name it. Um, so there's that little ad for the day. But today, let's talk about what's going on with y'all. I mean, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about on the show tomorrow? It's so hot. We can't use enough water. It's like, really? What? What is there? I mean, what else is there? It's like Jeff said, there's really nothing that you can be doing in the garden. I'm just making sure there's a little bit of water out there for the birds and the bees and what have you, uh, keeping that going. And, you know, we all have to, I'm surprised they're letting us water once a week, to be honest with you. But uh, we got to keep some coolness in our yards. But anyway, whatever y'all want to talk about, let's uh, let's do that. So here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. That is a call or text number. Um, then we have the uh, toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. So again, 512 512- Eight three six zero five ninety. Call or text. Um, I I saw in the paper that Bob Easter passed away, and Bob and I go way back uh, as far as just you know, like I helped him with all his his investment properties, planning the landscapes. He knew so much, though. He was very active with the Sunshine Community Gardens and. Um, and was the one that would call in telling us to get down there to the sale and stuff like that. Super guy. Just a wonderful guy. And I was really sad to see that he had passed away. So I just wanted to shout out to Bob. He was he was just a, a real contributor in every possible way. Um, so anyway, it's, it's always sad to lose uh, uh, somebody that's just so important in your little world, right? And... I did not know he was sick. Um, I don't know what happened to him. It didn't say, but um, I had not helped him in a long time with his 
uh, with his properties. I guess he had probably kind of stopped doing that. But anyway, let's go back to today, 512-836-0590. Any problems you're having, any questions, comments, I'd love to hear them. I was listening to Jeff talk about uh, some interesting things this morning about, like, gray water use and what have you. Um, I got to go home today and look and see what's going on with my condensation from my air conditioner units. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Um, They used to just pool right up by the units, but I got a cherry tree that's really suffering that's right below the drain lines, and I need to be sure, A, that the water's running out of there, and B, that it's getting directed towards my cherry tree, because that tree goes up to the to the top of the house almost, and it's uh, what I see out of my top floor window, and I need the shade there, because that's on the west side of the house. Uh, let's see here if there's any text we need to look at. Oh, great time to weed the flower bed. I think that's a suggestion from a a listener. Yeah, it is a good time. Even the weeds are, you know, dying. Um, but it is a good time. If you can moisten it first, it'll make it a lot easier on you. But you got to get out there early. I always worry about the guys. Um, but, you know, there are things that you can do. Everybody takes water with them, big water jugs. Uh, tents will be erected if they have to work, you know, in an area that's not shady. Uh, I don't think planting right now is probably possible. Um, let's see here. Good morning, Cheryl. Can you speak on the measures we need to take if our lawns are showing dead or bare spots of dirt? Can we use mulch to cover them? How good does sand work to cover and protect those bare spots? Well, I mean, sand is is not a bad idea. Um, it's got zero nutrition in it for the most part. So at some point, you'll want to go back in there and maybe add some compost when it cools down. Right now is not a good time to put down stuff like compost. I, I don't think shredded hardwood mulch is the way to go either um, because it's it's so chunky, right? And we have runner grasses here. They really, what they need is just a way to get their roots down. You can try loosening up those dead spots in the lawn, in the lawn. A lot of times they're just so compacted that the grass is having a little trouble growing into them. You can also apply things like liquid seaweed uh, in the cool parts of the day uh, to try to get a little fertility, some trace nutrients, that sort of thing. It's amazing what seaweed will do for grass. But I would just go out there when it's cool enough to work, kind of make sure, take a a garden fork or a a little bit of a hoe or something, and just kind of loosen up those areas, maybe put down a little sand. Um, It kind of depends on what, what your soil is. Sand is really good for aerating. When you're aerating, it really helps with drainage. So kind of depends, like, if you have a lot of clay in your soil. But basically, sand just tends to separate out from other soils. Uh, so it's not really my my number one preference. But, 
again, if you can just sort of loosen up those areas, maybe hand water a little bit, soften up the area, and then maybe put down a little seaweed or something, um, that is probably about all you can really do right now. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard to keep St. Augustine alive in this kind of weather. Very hard. Because it needs, when it's temperatures are like this, it needs inches per week, multiple inches per week. And we're not going to be able to do that with these watering restrictions. So, yeah, it's tough. It's going to be tough. I think we're going to see a lot of plant loss from this. Uh, I, as I said before, I'm losing some small trees in my wooded areas that were that are not irrigated. Um, and even when you do run your irrigation, it's just not enough, uh, especially once a week. So if you've got some real investment plants, that's where you got to focus your energy. So, okay, it is time for the first break. Let's do that. Get it over with, and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And if you have any um, anything you want to talk about, I got a lot of texts during the break, so we'll get to those. Uh, but if you want to join the show, either way, call or um, text, of course. 512-836-0590. And we also have the toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. But right now, let's go to Wimberley for Doug's call. Hey, Doug, thanks for calling. Hi, Cheryl. How are you doing? Um, Thank you so much for what you do. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I love you it. You me on several occasions. <laughs> um, I, I've got an older fig tree that took a lot of damage in the ice storm and pretty much got cut down. It's making figs now on the first shoots that came up, but the whole underside of it is covered with shoots. It's like there's hundreds of them down there. And I want to know if I should trim those out or what. I don't have any big limbs yet. It hasn't come back that far, but it's making figs. I think if it was mine, I'd probably leave it alone for now. Um, okay. and, and just see what happens, because naturally over time there will be uh, some dominant stems, and they also will, as it gets big again, shade out the weak, uh, the weaker ones, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think right now it might need co- in, it to recover. Uh, okay. All the green stuff you can mm-hmm. leave on it would be good. Okay. And you're so going to have to give it fall. some. Yeah, yeah. If you need to trim it, wait till at least fall, maybe even winter. Okay. Uh, but I don't know how big it is. How big is it? It's pretty good size. I mean, it's it's like eight feet wide and probably nine or ten feet across. Mm-hmm. And there was there was originally two whole six or eight inch uh, trunks in there. Dang. But now it's nothing. Nothing's any bigger than an inch and a half or two inches. I can't believe it's putting on figs right now. That's, it's, you know, there are, do you know which kind it is? Yeah, it's a brown turkey fig. It's a native fig. Okay. So they will put on a a crop on last year's wood and a smaller second crop on new growth. So that's why you're seeing that. So, yay. I hope they ripen for you. (laughs) Oh, they're really good. Lucky dog. My grandkids, my kids are coming out and grabbing them. 
grandkids are just eating them right up. Oh, that that's so good to hear. I mean, I, I you know, you read this stuff like it'll do this, it'll do that, but to actually hear it happening in the this kind of heat is great. <laughs> Lucky. Well, I've been mulching it, up and I just put a bunch of leaves on it, put four or five big bags of leaves on it every year. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be happy. Well, that's what they like, isn't it? They just like that mulch yep. so much. It should be. Well, good all luck. Right. I'll wait until it cools off a little bit then yeah. and have a look at it. Get all you Thank can. You, I appreciate it. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay, um, 512-836-0590. Okay, somebody sent me an attachment of photos. It says, hi, Cheryl, any idea what this may be? It came up in an area close to the house that was disturbed in the spring by construction and water line issues. Doesn't have any buds, just big leaves. I'm in Axtell, east of Waco. Thanks for the information you give us weekly. Uh, my pleasure. I don't immediately recognize this. Um, as it gets a little bigger, I don't know why I don't recognize this. Uh, it perhaps is not something I see in my usual rounds in the hill country. But uh, since you're east of Waco, it could be something else. I don't know exactly what it is. I'll be honest with you. Um, however, as it gets bigger, and this doesn't really look like it, but sometimes if it's got all different shaped leaves on it at one time, could be some kind of mulberry. That's about my best guess. Um, so I, I wish I could say for sure what I think it is. You may want to download that app called Picture This that everybody raves about. And go ahead and see if it will identify it for you. Or send it to your master gardeners in your county. Uh, because a lot of times they'll know exactly what it is. Just send that picture in and go to your your county. Um, like if it was for me, I'd go to Agri Life, A-G-R-I Life, Travis County. And that website will come up. And then the, uh, people can... Um, identify stuff for you on there uh, but yeah i wish i usually i've got a good idea when i first see something but you stump me all right let's go to uh driftwood hey bill thanks for calling klbj morning hi hey hi. i've got a question for you i've got a new lot that i bought down in oh uh, down in um um new Braunfels that we're going to be moving to and I was kind of taking an inventory of the grasses down there. It's mostly native. I've got uh, buffalo, uh, little blue stem, silver blue stem, Mexican hat. But the one species that I have a lot of that I want to get rid of is the spear grass because that stuff, when it gets tall, it just sticks in your socks and everything. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun with that when we were kids. We used to throw it at each other. Did you ever do that? No. Yeah, you we pull, didn't have it. <laughs> make a little spear out of it and throw it at each other. <laughs> so how do you, well, what what the plan is, is once we build, uh, you know, there will be a small area in the front and back that we're going to put in the, uh, you know, from Native American seed, the uh, Thunder Turf, mm -hmm. the Buffalo, um, Gamma, and mes uh, Curly Mesquite. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to till that area and then and then put the seed down but what do i do about the rest that we're going to keep native and then you know put in some other you know wildflowers and other species um 
what do I do to um, get rid of that spear grass? Um, okay, number one, I would not till before I plant my seeds. Because okay. if you disturb the seeds that are lying under the surface, just inert seeds, yeah. uh, the the most I would do is, like, try to scrape it a little bit. You know, sometimes you can do that with a weed eater. Uh, yeah. Get as much off as you can and then r- rough up the surface in the process. Then put your seed out there. Um, as far as getting rid of that spear grass all i can think of to do is if you can identify it to keep it weeded it down eventually if, yeah. it, if it never produces seed well um, it's in the right i mean it's combined with the rest of the yeah. all the other species that are in there and you know we're going to allow that to grow well you'll but. probably end up mowing big wide pathways if you're going to have a pasture like mm-hmm. area um, that's what my grandfather always did. He would just, you know, mow big, wide areas with the tractor mower so we kids could run through the pastures without getting... Because, you know, there's all kind of stuff out in there, like bull yeah. metal and, you know, what have you. You probably can't get rid of all of it, and you wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't think. But, you know, keeping it from going to seed, it's just like you say, if it's mixed in with everything else, how are you going to do that, right? Yeah, that's true. So. Okay, I thought there might be an answer. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks. Sounds wonderful, though. Enjoy it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. 512-836-0590. Let's do another text here. Uh, I have an armadillo that is rooting through my Bermuda. I don't think we have grubs. He is just looking around. If I sprayed it with seaweed, do you think it would deter him? Should I wait to spray until early evening? No, that's not going to deter an armadillo. Um, yeah, and you may have earthworms. You may have something. Poor old animals right now. I don't know what they're eating out there. Uh, but seaweed's not going to deter an armadillo. It's just virtually impossible to, to deter an armadillo unless you can put up a physical barrier. Uh, because, like, I've had people um, say, oh, I put out that mole repellent and stuff like that. It doesn't even bother them. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to deter them manually or physically, I should say. Uh, a low board, um, you know, a one by six, something like that set up. Maybe a little netting or something, you know. Uh, they're pretty good diggers, but typically what they do is just bump along and, you know, with their nose until they. They end up smelling something that they want. Um, So, yeah, I'm not real sure what you could. If anybody has any brilliant ideas, I'd love to hear them. Okay, let's go to another text. Oh, yeah. Loved Bob Easter. He founded the Grow Together Garden in 2011 that collaborates with the Feed and Community uh, Food Pantry. He lovingly taught organic gardening tips to hundreds of gardeners over the years from his lifetime of experience he will be missed thank you for honoring him on your show uh tom tom thank you yeah he was just you'd be lucky to know bob easter he was one of a kind and he's funny too if you didn't know pretty funny guy actually uh cheryl something's digging holes in our saint augustine especially in the shaded areas uh, where the grass is still green. We think it's an armadillo. Any suggestions how to prevent? 
Well, you just heard me, if you're listening. Uh, a low barrier is going to be your best bet, something to keep him out. Um, I guess you could lay down wire, uh, you know, like mesh or something like that if you're serious about it, if it's really bothering you. But typically, this is just a natural thing that happens. Holes, you can fill them with compost and or top dressing once things cool off a little bit. Not right now. All right, let's go do the news. We'll be back after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. You heard the numbers. You're going to call or text 512-836-0590. Got a bunch of texts. Let's try to get through them. Uh, here's the first one. Are peppers like jalapenos and habaneros affected by the intense heat? Lots of blooms, but fruit production has stopped. Plants look great, but zero salsa. Yes, you, you've noticed something that's absolutely correct. In fact, usually the flowers will fall off um, in this kind of heat. So, yeah, they're not going to produce while it's this hot. Now, I've, there's a listener here that, I guess, grows them professionally and... He has said as recently as two weeks or so ago that he still had peppers going on. So I'm not the ultimate authority on this, but according to um, everything I've read, they will stop producing uh, in this heat and really at much lower temperatures than this. So, okay, here's another text. Cheryl, can you recommend alternative durable living ground cover for walking paths? Thinking uh, horse herb for shade, frog fruit for sun. Does creeping thyme or trailing oregano work here for a walking path? Uh, also, can you recommend a grass for a very small area that will be an area where people will sit and lay down? Thanks. Uh, okay, first, you know, there's if a path is, you know, continuously walked upon, there's really not a plant that's going to take that um, day after day after day. Um, I have used thyme, which, by the way, is an annual around here, and it's so cool, uh, with big, you know, uh, flat paving stones, like maybe uh, even those square or rectangular concrete things, but, you know, usually limestone that's been sawed. Uh, you can put that between them and... Uh, but in, there's not even a grass that won't uh, in, end up with a path through it, you know, a beaten down path. As far as what grass for a very small area that'll be uh, where people will sit and lay down, it just depends on the sun conditions. If it's uh, full sun, you can go with something like uh, Tiff Bermuda. Uh, Tiff 419 is a really nice grass. I use it on golf courses. And it makes a, a good grass for sun. Uh, zoysia uh, is another one. It's a little more coarser, more like St. Augustine. And, of course, in the shade, you're going to probably just need to go with St. Augustine if it's really deep shade. So that's my two cents on that subject. Let's see here. Uh, I have been watering my container plants with rainwater, but I've run out now. I'm now watering with well water that is very, very hard. The plants don't seem to like it. 
is there anything I can add to my soil to combat the minerals in my hard water? No, but what you can do is try adding vinegar to your water. You may want to let it sit, like, you know, pull out a big old, uh, you know, bucket of it and then add. You don't need a ton of uh, of the vinegar to moderate the the pH in the soil, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that I don't, you can't really do too much of it. But if you had, say, a gallon, you could put in a couple of tablespoons, and that would mitigate that uh, really hard weather. But the, there's nothing that I can think of in the soil uh, to moderate that uh, alkalinity in the soil, per se. You just have to work with the water. Okay, my canna leaves are brown and many still vertical. Is it best to leave them to shade the bulb in the ground or to cut the stalks to ground level now? Thank you for your informational show. Thank you. Um, it, it's not necessary. I mean, if you're watering the bulbs, uh, then that's going to be the best hope for them. You can always put mulch down, but who wants to look at a seven-foot-tall brown stalk, right? So it may try to promote new growth if you cut them um, all the way down to ground level. Um, but maybe with, you know, hopefully two or three weeks from now, it's not going to be this hot. Please, Lord. Um, but I, I think it might stimulate new growth. But it's, uh, I don't think it's going to hurt the bulbs. I mean, if, if you clean out the beds, you might want to add mulch um, around the, uh, the bulbs, right? But, yeah, you can get rid of those old dry stalks. Okay. Hi, Cheryl. Water for our bird buddies. Is there a preferred type of water, tap or filtered? Is there a recommended supplements for water that would be helpful, like a little juice or electrolytes? Uh, namaste. Gosh, I never thought of that before. <clears throat> Giving birds supplements. That's that's a good question. A, I don't think tap or filtered makes any difference. Um, I think just, you know, having the water. Because I know the pond water uh, that's working for my uh, my little fountain that I keep going for the birds. It's kind of like almost like a disappearing fountain. Um, it fills up regularly. It doesn't take much to... to add water to it but my other one is really not great water um but i have noticed that it's got floating algae pads in it and the bees love that they are landing on the algae i mean otherwise i'd have it all cleaned out and all that but the bees are using the algae birds don't really use that fountain too much because it's like a deep uh a deep container but I don't think I would. Why don't you go or call the people at Wild Birds Unlimited and get an opinion from them? Because they really are experts on, on uh, that sort of thing. But I've never even thought of doing supplements in the water, like a little juice or something. Really good question. First time I've ever had that question. I'd like to hear others' opinions of that. Uh, opinion of this grass, please. Used in dog parks and golf courses. Pretty indestructible. Very dry or drought tolerant. I've been trying to find seed. 
Uh, this is called Kikuyu grass. I've never heard of it. Where is it used in dog parks and golf courses? Um, that is something you need to find out because typically, here's the deal. Most grasses like turf grasses and stuff should only be from grown um, or from seeds from an area, you know, about 150 miles uh, in any direction from which you live, which can be tricky because if you go east from here, you get a whole nother kind of soil than you do if you go west from here. So, but in general, uh, a lot of people come up with these grasses and stuff that are, you see on the internet that are just great elsewhere, but they don't like it here. So you got to find out what are the requirements. Does it like alkalinity? Because, and I don't know where y'all live. I'm not sure because that, that can also play a factor, play into it, be a factor, I should say. If you live east of here in the clay, that's another subject. All right, let's get that last break going on, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay. Wow. I'm just looking at the Weather Channel. Oh, I don't even want to go there. All right, let's get back to the uh, text messages. But if you want to join the show, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Uh, or you need to, you can use the toll-free line at 877-590-5525. Okay, here's a tip. Uh, Cheryl, I've had luck using a strong homemade pepper spray for armadillos and other critters. Uh, I always use caution when making your own pepper spray at home. Good ventilation is a good thing. Robert and Axtell. Robert, thank you. Uh, and you're the one that sent me that plant to identify. I mean, if I just looked at that one leaf in the, the, the close-up picture you sent, I'd say fig. But when I look at the other pictures, because now this is bugging me, right, that I don't know it right off the bat. When I look at the other pictures, it doesn't present like a fig. So if you find out what that is, let me know. Uh, but yeah, homemade pepper spray for the armadillos. Somebody was asking a couple of different people this morning trying to figure out how to dissuade armadillos from digging up their yard. Uh, okay, let's see here. I recently got some bee balm seeds. No plants at my usual nurseries. The directions with the seeds are apparently for northern locales and say plant after last frost, etc. Can I start them in containers this fall to transplant next spring here in Austin? Also, are they perennial or annual? Will they reseed themselves? Any suggestions or special conditions to help them succeed. Thank you for your help and for your very informative program. Uh, bee balm, yeah, I mean, that's a native plant here. It blooms in late spring. Um, I don't know why it would have directions for northern locales. You don't say where you got the seed. And again, 
uh, it's best to buy your wildflower seeds from local sources around here because, you know, there's all kind of stuff out there on the Internet that sounds wonderful that just doesn't want to be here, right? Um, but you can start them in the fall. You can put them in the ground in the fall, for that matter. Or you can plant them in uh, early spring, like in March. I believe they're perennial, as I recall. They're perennial. Um, and you should be good to go. But yes, you can start them in pots. Um, I probably wouldn't try to take them through the whole winter in pots. I might consider starting them in pots in January or February. You're going to have to give them a lot of light. You know, probably have to get a grow light, something like that, because they're really a full sun kind of plant. So depending on how many seeds of the bee balm that you have, uh, you could try a couple of different things. You could go ahead and plant out uh, seeds in October when we plant all our other wildflower seeds around here for the most part. Um, you could put some in the ground and you could save some uh, for trying to raise them in pots. So just kind of experiment a little bit there. Okay, let's see. Um, what is this? Um Oh, hi, Cheryl. Uh, my friend had this obligatory builder tree put in her front yard, and it really does not like it. It looks like some sort of oak, but in the second picture, the branches are all tangly looking, and I have never seen that. Do you know what kind of, of tree that is? Looks like a live oak. Um to me but one of those maybe heritage live oaks maybe not exactly one you'd find out in the woods but I, i'd need a closer up of the leaves but it looks like they're watering it a lot and that can cause growth like that but i'm pretty sure that is just from that first picture it kind of looks like an oak tree a live oak tree so let me know if you find out or if you can get me an even closer up picture. I think it's a live oak, and I think it's just uh, getting a lot of water. That's what I think. Okay, here's another one. Oh, hey, yay, I know this one. I'm trying to identify this plant found on my family ranch in Lavaca County. I've successfully propagated it for my yard in Round Rock and now have about four large plants. It's very drought-tolerant. Um, this is the blooms I get. The branches are also prickly. I'm thinking it's some kind of native lantana, and you are correct. This is called the confetti lantana. This is the biggest lantana. This will get bigger. This will get as big as a garage. Um, so you got to be careful where you put a confetti lantana. However, they love to be uh, cut right so you'll be all right if you can prune it but yeah that's the pink and with little yellow and the white centers confetti it's real pretty all right let's go to comfort <clears throat> hey ginger how's it going hi uh hot <laughs> yeah. um uh, i'm wondering about compost when it dries out is it does do the microbes you know all the little micro uh, all the little living things, do they die or they just go dormant if it dries out? And can you, is it, if you, once you wet it and use it, will it reinvigorate or, or do I need to keep my compost 
damp. Yeah, you got to keep it damp. Um, they okay. will they will die. That doesn't mean there's no value left in it. But as far as the living microorganisms, if it gets bone dry, not good. Okay. Yeah, it's a little hard to do right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's about the last thing, you know, do I water my compost or do I water my trees? All right. Yeah, right. Well, hopefully that helps you. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Let's see here. Uh, Do you have a telephone number for David Seeds, San Antonio, Texas? No, I don't. David Seeds. I'm not sure about that one. David Seeds, I don't. Um, I probably don't have time to look it up, unfortunately. Oh, let's see. Give armadillo water. Oh, okay. So I see maybe they're digging for something cool and juicy that's, uh, but yeah, maybe put some water out there for them. That is interesting. A good idea for any of them. Uh, yes, you're baffled like me. This is the same guy that said about the homemade pepper spray and me identifying this plant. I've ruled out mulberry. I've gotten some other suggestions from gardening groups, uh, including the picture option, but nothing really matches. Hoping it'll bloom when it gets cooler and may give us a better idea. I'm also the one that had the golden rain tree a couple of years ago, Robert. Cool. You better let me know, dude, because I'm just going to be fixated on what i don't like to be stumped now okay um this is the tree that they were wondering if it was an oak tree she says (laughs) she says she's been watering every day regarding the live oak pictures but now since round rock is is on two days a week she's backed off thank you i thought it was a live oak i had never seen it tangled like that well, you don't often see them growing that fast either. So I knew it. I, I just had a feeling that's what was going on. She's watering it every day. Y'all, once a tree, and this is a pretty decent-sized tree, right? I mean, it's already probably 15, 20 feet tall. You do not water live oak tree every day. You deep water it once it's established, and that means after about three years, you deep water them once every couple weeks, not every day. Or else you get this kind of weak, sprangly, it looks more like a vine than a live oak tree, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, you need to cut back on that. And you may see some dieback when you do have to cut way back because you have encouraged this growth. And I'm not saying you're a bad person, but, you know, we just don't, um, this isn't a normal way for a live oak to uh, be putting on new growth, in other words. So you're going to have to let it, Back it off a little bit on there and let it get back to reality. <laughs> it's probably like, woohoo. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, listen, I wish I had something more interesting to the topic to bring up, but um, let's all keep our fingers crossed for possible rain if there's any possible way. I'm actually jealous of selling California right now, and I know I shouldn't be because they're scared to death, but. Uh, shoot, maybe that little tropical storm just kind of float over here to Texas and help us out a little bit. Okay, guys, don't forget about KevinWoodLandscapes.com. If you want uh, some projects done, be sure and go look at the website. And there's a contact page on there, and I think you'll like what you see.
um, get started on your plans for fall for uh, great projects. And I'll see y'all next Sunday. Thank you.